Live from Orlando, Florida, you're listening to the Orlando Magic HQ Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Orlando Magic HQ Podcast part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Today is Friday, May 19th. We're your host, Al, myself, Anthony. And in today's episode, we're finally going to talk about our reaction to the NBA lottery, man. It's it's we we decided not to record immediately after because we wanted we wanted the news to kind of settle in, right? We wanted to to make sure that we we are open-minded. Uh, because really, Al, and you and I, we, we've we've talked about this where we're we were going into this lottery lottery uh, with zero expectations. Where where we're gonna accept with whatever with, with however the ping pongs um, end up dropping, and we're we're gonna talk a little bit about that um, in just a moment, and kind of talk about what we feel the Magic should do with the sixth and the eleventh pick. Who are some of the prospects that we like? Our initial reactions, and then the Ringer just came out with their their mock draft of who they think the Magic will end up selecting. So we're going to bring that up, and we're we're going to touch base on that to kind of see what that looks like. Um, but before we get into that, I definitely want to touch base real quick on the experience that we've had at the the lottery, the Six Man Show Orlando Magic collaboration NBA draft lottery party. And man, it was a good time, man. It was the first time that we actually were able to get the whole entire HQ squad together in one place. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. We had Bryce coming down all the way from Charlotte. We got our man Luke coming down from Boston. Then we had our local guys um, together, and, and it was a lot of fun, man. But how, how did you like the the environment of the lottery party? Um, how I mean, for those that weren't there, how would you describe it? I mean, first of all, major props to to the six man show. They they did it again, man. Last year they they knocked it out of the park. We we got the first pick last year, so that kind of made it even better. Uh, but they topped it this year. I know the expectation was about six hundred people to show up um, on Wall Street here in downtown Orlando. And man, I don't know the final count. I think uh, Jonathan totals at the end it was close to four hundred maybe or so. Uh, which I mean, that's an amazing amazing turnout for a lottery where. We knew we were not going to have you know the top pick. We knew that it was going to be a, a a big shock if that happened. And even then, there was a major turnout. Uh, for those that couldn't make it, all I can say is great vibes, man. All the Magic fans that we that we interacted on Twitter, that know us, came and approached us. Uh, we got to hang out with, like you mentioned, with the whole HQ squad. Uh, that's been a long time coming. We finally made it happen. It was a great time. I feel like those two three hours where they are just flew by. It's like we blinked a couple Wait. times. A lottery happened. And then after that, it was time to go home. But it was a great, great time. Yeah, it was a really, really good time. Had a lot of fun. I'm actually kind of glad we didn't get the the number one pick in the aspect of there was no way I would have been <laughs> able to make it work the following day. Absolutely no way. So from a responsible standpoint, we thought that we didn't get the number one pick. I was getting the 6th and 11th. You know, it allowed for us to decide, all right. Hey, it's time to go home. It's it's a good. We don't we don't need to stay out too late. We're we're a bunch of old guys that that got careers and stuff. So it's <laughs> probably a bad move. Um, but a lot of fun, man. It, you can kind of get the sense that the community is growing. Um, you know, it was unfortunate news this year that Harry Buffalo was closing down, but the fact that they were able to lock down, you know, a whole entire Wall Street was awesome. I feel like I haven't been to Wall Street since like my mid twenties. 
Um, so it was definitely a blast from uh, a blast from the past for me. It was very nostalgic. So the fact that I was able to be out there with a whole bunch of other diehard Orlando Magic fans, um, it was sick, man. I, I know that the six man show they they came out with a bunch of pictures that they dropped down um, from that event, and man, just kind of reflecting back on it, it was it was a lot of fun, man. A lot of, a lot of fun. It was cool. It was a great time. Um, and you know, there's, there's going to be another the gathering gathering, man. We got the NBA draft coming just next month, a few weeks away. Um, so that's going to be something to definitely look out for as well. Now let's talk about how this, how this kind of laid out. All right. Um, no surprise, San Antonio, they won the number one pick in the draft. I'll be honest with you, man. It, it kind of seems a little too good to be true for San Antonio. You know, you're talking about a team that kind of already has a pipeline for the the fan base in France where everything they've grown with Tony Parker. It, it, it seems like a storybook ending for San Antonio to end up getting uh, drafting Wemby. But one thing that I will say is when it came down to either uh, the Charlotte Hornets or San Antonio winning the number one pick, dude, I when I tell you that I jumped out of my seat like – I didn't jump out of my seat because I was standing. But when I tell you that, I almost jumped out of my socks knowing that we're going to keep Wemby far away from the Easter Conference as possible, all the way down in Texas. I was really excited for that just because if he turns out to be half of what they think he's going to be, I'm not trying to deal with that problem for the for the next foreseeable future. I like our chances of where we're at not dealing with the problem like Wemby. But what were your thoughts on San Antonio winning it? I mean, like you said, man, it was so predictable. I think you asked me, I think people asked me before the lottery started, and I kept saying, I think we stayed at six, we stayed at 11, San Antonio wins it. And funny enough, that's kind of how it all played out. But to your point, Wemby going west was just my ultimate goal. I'm like, I don't want to deal with this kid, you know, in our division out of all things. Imagine Charlotte now becoming like this major thing because they got Wemby, all the ESPN games, and here we are trying to get attention. And now Paolo would really be, you know, the back burner for ESPN and all these media outlets. So in my mind, it's the best possible outcome just because I kind of predicted it. I kind of knew it was going to happen. It was kind of boring in a way just because we kind of all knew San Antonio was going to get him, and that's the way it played out. Um, so I don't know. I, the wild thing was, to your point, had we won the lottery, I don't know what I would have done with myself. I wouldn't have slept. Uh, I would have just kept holding the whole night. So thankfully that didn't happen. But the best possible outcome outside of that would have been him going to San Antonio, and that's what happened. But – I got to ask you real quick, though. What are your thoughts on all this wild stuff? We don't want to spend too much time on Wemby. We're not getting him. But all this wild expectations that are being thrown out there. Basically, the, the craziest one I saw, I retweeted yesterday. If he turns out to be KD, Anthony Davis, I forgot what the other one was, that would be like a situation where he didn't live up to expectations. According to the – I forgot who said it on on, on national media – what are your thoughts on those expectations for this kid coming into the NBA? I don't know, man. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I get the hype. I've seen the videos. I see the clips. I get it. I'm not going to sit here and say that I sat down and watched a whole entire game of, of Wemby. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I haven't. Um, but the amount, the, what, what they're expecting from him, I wish I can see it the same way that other people see it. And I don't, I don't mean that by, you know, talking trash about the kid or his game. I, I really truthfully haven't seen enough to really say yes or say no. Here's my thing, right? We see all these great clips, um, but I also see like the other things. Like I saw a video literally yesterday, or it might have been today, of him getting backed down by, you know, Kenneth Lofton. You know, oh, this, yeah, this is a, 
Yeah, it, and granted, a couple years ago, I get it, but I'm talking about he's getting body, and we know that Lofton's a, a pretty heavy set dude, but he's not the only one. We've seen big guys from the league that he was playing in kind of back him down. And granted, it's a game of basketball. You're gonna have you're gonna have those moments. LeBron gets scored on, you know, pretty often. It's just one of those things, right? Um, but the way that they make him seem, I, I think the the exact quote um was somewhere along the lines of you know, if he if he becomes anything like Anthony Davis or Hakeem Olajuwon, you know, mm. it would be a disappointment. They're expecting for him to be stratosphere above the rest. And I just find it, I find it hard to believe. I find it hard to believe because all we heard last year was about, you know, Chad Holmgren um, and his frame. Can it hold up? Is he's likely to get injured? And I just don't understand why that level of conversation doesn't come up with Wemby, I just and, and you know people have stated, well, his, his shoulders are more broad, his body is a little more structured, whatever it is. Like you look at Chad Holmgren, you 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 see some type of unorthodox mm-hmm. of some sort there, right? But at the same time, man, I I think that frame is is an issue, and he'll he'll gain that. And we've seen the Kevin Durant's, we've seen what Giannis has been able to do and transform his body, so he'll eventually gain it. Um, I just don't understand why that's just not a topic of discussion. So I don't know. Uh, you're 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 saying rookie year with all the hype um, that has come with the name Wemby for the last few years. For for them to say that if he becomes anything like Hakeem Olajuwon or AD, it would be a disappointment. Like those are those are elite players, dude. You know they, I mean? they threw so, KD out there. KD's what the best scorer when he's healthy in the NBA. You're telling me that if he becomes, if Wemby becomes the best core in the NBA today, that will still not be enough. That will be a disappointment. Come on, man. Like that, the expectations are just wild. And, and to your point, the issue with me is his legs, man. He's so big. He's doing euro steps with his height. Dude, imagine a sprained ankle on this kid. And, and, and I'm not hoping for that by any means. I want to see this kid succeed. But to your point, what was the last seven, two plus guy that made it in the NBA and truly said like he was dominant? I mean, we saw Porzingis for a little while be like the unicorn, and we we're like, "Oh, this kid's gonna blow up." And injuries happen: his knee injuries, his back injuries. He's not. You can say the same thing about anymore. Yao Ming. Yao Ming, same thing. Um, I mean, I just haven't seen it. I mean, hopefully this will be the first because uh, we the NBA needs that. They they need a new face with LeBron getting older. We know that, but to put this much expectations on a kid in in that sense, I'm kind of glad we don't have him because, dude, like I couldn't. It will be annoying to deal with, oh, he scored eight points and five rebounds. He's the bust week two into his NBA career. Like, I don't want to be dealing with that. Um, and my wild prediction has been along Paolo rookie season versus Wemby's rookie season. Paolo will be better. And let's see what happens then. Well, the talks will be at that point. I mean, that's that's an interesting part because when you take a look at San Antonio's roster, they got Keldon Johnson. They got, you know, they, they got a very, very young team to complement mm-hmm. a very young player that you can give him the keys right away and and maybe he can go out there and, and perform the way that people are expecting him to perform, you know, day one. Um, now, granted, you know, our, our sentiment and things that we're saying would be completely different if he, if he ended up, you know, getting drafted by us, right? But just from from that perspective, you know, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's one of those things where I'm going to be hyped when it gets to a point where it's the Orlando Magic, versus San Antonio Spurs and I want Paulo to go at Wemby like to me I'm gonna I'm gonna always compare Wemby and Paulo just because throughout 
Paolo's whole entire rookie year, all you heard about was Wemby, Wemby, Wemby. Yep. Wemby had more national games <laughs> as a non-NBA player than Paolo Bancaro, the rookie of the year. Yep. To me, that's still Sad. insane. It's, it's irresponsible by ESPN, but I expect nothing less. But kudos to, to the San Antonio Spurs. Maybe this extends Popovich for another few years to kind of see what he oh, has. Just when he will. thought, just when everyone thought that this was going to be, you know, the end of Pop, you know, coaching, finally going to retire. Hey, here, here comes the, uh, the NBA not allowing for that to happen. Now, great news for San Antonio. Not so great news for Detroit and Houston. You're looking at teams that deliberately try to lose as many games as possible, and the gods of basketball decide to award them with Detroit the fifth pick and Houston the fourth. We know that this is the reality of the lottery. Nothing is guaranteed. Just because you have the worst record in the NBA does not mean that you end up getting the top pick. And I, I honestly, I don't feel bad for Detroit. You already got your number one pick. You got Katie Cunningham. All right. Be happy. It is what it is. He's injured, but he's still a solid player. You already got your one pick. And they've been able to draft, you know, pretty, pretty well with Jaden Ivey to where they're still adding good quality basketball players to their team. But I mean, what, what do you think? Do you feel bad for Detroit? I don't, <laughs> just because, to your point, they, they blatantly tanked last season. So did Houston. I, I think most teams that, that were losing so many games at the end there, they were blatantly tanking and just hoping for a shot at getting Wemby. Um, but Detroit Houston, man, you're going to feel bad, though, to some degree, just because they've been trying this tanking and losing on purpose thing for a few years now. And I get it. Detroit got lucky. They got Cade. But Houston keeps missing out, man. They keep trying to get a top pick year after year. They wanted Paolo badly last year, and that didn't work out for them. And now this year, unfortunately, they drop out of the top three, which is predicted to be the top three most talented guys. They fall right outside of that. Um, so it kind of it stinks for them, uh, but it makes me as a Magic fan so much happier knowing we tried, we competed, we saw progress in our young guys. We are excited for what's coming. Whereas if you're Houston or Detroit, I'm sorry, but your team did not progress very much last year. If anything, Houston was a shit show last year. We all know that. And you got this to show for it now? Like, Detroit won, what was it, 18 games this year, whatever it was? And you got a fifth pick to show for it. Here are the Magic, who won more games the year before. Bright future, great talented roster, two first-round picks coming in, and yet we're a pick right below them. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's where, it's how it, it, it's how it happened. And it could have easily been a different way. I think I... You know, uh, Dan Savage had reported that the Magic were one ping pong ball away from winning that number one pick. Um, I think another team also, I, I believe it might have been the Pistons I, or I maybe the Wizards. Blazers. The Wizards? The Wizards? I know yeah. it was one other team that also had the same similar situation where they had three ping pong balls um, that matched, you know, the what was needed to win the number one pick out of the four. But, you know, that's kind of how things go now. Let's get into our reactions from where we ended up drafting. We were there in person. We were there with all the other Magic fans that were watching this live, you know, at the Wall Street Plaza. And the Magic ended up selecting, not selecting, but we ended up getting the 6th and the 11th pick. Now, I'll be honest with you. 
nervous wreck everyone was. I think leading up to that point, you and I stated no expectations. We're going to let it fall where it may. But let's let's be honest, bro. When when it got to the point where things were were starting to count down, a part of us was really hoping that the 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 luck of the Irish was on our side, right? That we were really hoping that things were really gonna, you know, get to a point where we at least got into the top three. That's that's what we wanted. But we weren't just just holding out on just the sixth pick or or the top three pick. What we wanted to make sure that we did is we didn't allow for that Bulls pick not to convey. We didn't want them to fall in that top four. So the number one thing that we were looking at was we can't drop lower than 11th. If the Bulls pick, if we didn't get the magic or the Bulls pick at that 11th, then we knew that was going to fall into the top four, right? So here we go. 14, 13, 12, and then it pops up. That 11th pick pops up. And everyone's kind of embracing, waiting for it because it's either good news or bad news. There's there's no in between. It's either yes or no. And we see that they lifted the Orlando Magic sign. Now, what's interesting is when we saw that, everyone knew in that place right away that the Bulls pick, mm-hmm. it's it's ours, man. Thank you. Your your debt has has been paid. And unfortunately, from from videos that we've seen online from the Bulls fan base, uh, another Bulls live stream podcast. I don't know what's going on with that fan base, man, because they they keep getting faked out numerous (laughs) times. And they legit thought that their pick made it into the top four instead of landing to us, which is amazing. Because I'll I'll take I'll take that little extra hit because in the beginning, yeah, there was a lot of Bulls fans talking like we they they got a steal. We gave you a busted Wendell Carter Jr. We're gonna yep. give you a bunch of picks that you guys will never be able to get profit from because now we're gonna be this amazing basketball team. And that's not the way that it worked out. So the yeah. minute that we saw it was the Orlando Magic, I'm talking about that whole entire Wall Street Plaza went ballistic. Everyone was high because that was the best possible outcome with the Bulls pick. And we know for sure in that moment that we're going to be able to have two lottery picks. Um, and it was it was amazing, amazing outcome. So when you saw the 11th pick, how were you feeling? I mean, just like everyone else, man. I, there was no confusion on my part. I saw I saw a magic no. logo. I saw some no. little fine print underneath. It, it, just, is, man, it, it was, is. It is weird. The way that they did it this year was a little weird. I can see why yeah. the confusion happened. I can see why people were faked out because normally it would it would say they would use the logo from the Bulls. But you know what's normally. funny? It had the little fine print underneath. It had like in bold letters. You know, I think it was traded from. The Bulls or something. I forgot what the exact wording is, but it said it. Like it, it wasn't just a plain logo. But bottom line is, Heated of course, that, <laughs> that was my initial thing. Like if we don't get Wemby, if we don't get into the top three, top four, at the very least, give me two lottery picks. So getting to this level right here, getting the Bulls pick in my possession was already kind of a win. Anything after that was going to be just an incredible night, no matter what happened. So up to this point, I'm excited. So keep going. What, what happened after that? So the Magic, we're drafting at 11. Now, after the 11th pick, we saw 10 fall to Dallas. We saw Utah 
nine. The Wizards, the Wizards, man, I, I feel so bad for Josh Robbins. Josh Robbins is an avid Washingtonian. I don't even know if they they call themselves Washingtonian. I'm gonna assume so. Um, covering the Washington Wizards now, former Orlando Magic beat writer was really hoping for for some excitement for him just because you know I still follow his work not the case eight for the wizards indiana seven and as these teams as these cars keep coming out for each one you can you can tell the excitement right everyone's going crazy for each one and then we get to number six number six is important because this is where the magic were projected to fall to and if the magic aren't called, then obviously that means we rise. And as everyone's waiting, the anticipation, the the embracing the impact, we see that the Orlando Magic were the card was pulled for the Orlando Magic for six. And it's very similar to you know the the Jalen Suggs draft, right? Where we ended up uh, the Raptors ended up drafting Scotty Barnes instead of Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs gets drafted by the Magic, everyone goes ballistic. Now people are wanting Jonathan Kaminga. People are wanting uh, your boy uh, Moody. Moody, like, yep. Every, every has, you know, book night. Everyone has that player that they want and expect for the Magic to draft. And they, they ended up saying Franz Wagner, and the whole arena goes quiet. That's exactly what it felt like when we saw the Orlando Magic card get pulled for the six. The sixth spot. Everyone was a little disappointed. Um, and that's why I think that it, it took us a little bit to to kind of decompress. And when we actually talk about it, you know, we we share our feelings. You know, at the end of the day, we're reminded, you know, sixth and eleventh pick um is is a big deal. So Detroit ended up falling from four, they're projected four to five. Houston ended up dropping from their projected two to four. Then Portland going up two spots for that three spot. Charlotte moving up two spots for that second spot. San Antonio also moving up two spots into the first spot. Now, the one that is really interesting to look at is Charlotte and Portland. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you look at Charlotte and the projection right now is for the second spot to be between Brandon Miller um, and Scoot Henderson. There has been reports today stating that teams haven't been fully impressed by Brandon Miller. He hasn't been interviewing well. Uh, he's out of shape. And then mm -hmm. you also have the whole, you know, issue that he had with, with the woman getting killed and, and, and the gun. So the gun incident. So there's a lot of baggage that's coming along with, with Brandon Miller at the moment. He's still considered an elite talent. You have Wash coming out reporting that, you know, teams are, are seeing a player, or not, util not taking the stuff that has happened in consideration with Brandon Miller, saying that he's been able to overcome certain things and aspects or whatever the case may be. But at the same time, you're seeing that he's not doing great in interviews. These are little things that are so important that could mean the difference between getting drafted two, three, or even falling in the draft, especially when you have a player like School Henderson. So now you ask yourself, would a player like School Henderson – uh, mesh well with a player like LaMelo Ball. If they decide, Charlotte does decide, hey, we're, we're still going to take best player available and we believe that Brandon Miller is best player available, 
Damian Lillard and School Henderson. I don't. I don't think Damian Lillard would be too happy with that outcome. Mm-mm. There's already been reports stating that Portland will be willing to make moves to be able to bring championship caliber players to be able to support Damian Lillard. So it leads me to my question: <clears throat> Magic six and eleven. Do you stay pat, or do you try to infiltrate that second or third pick? and package your picks to consolidate and try to move up. I would love for the Magic to jump up some way, somehow. Um, the guy in my eyes, even though we're getting reports, he's not interviewing well, he's out of shape, and Brandon Miller, but I think if you can some way, somehow grab a kid like that, I can shoot it so well, exactly what we need. He fits in perfectly what we're doing. The thing is, I don't see Charlotte giving up that pick. Um, I don't see how LaMelo and Scoot kind of fit in really well. I think that was my first reaction to them getting the second pick. But you never know with, with the with the Horn with the with the Hornets if they want to give that a shot. LaMelo's more of a shooter, more of a playmaker, Scoot more of a scorer, athletic. It, it, it may work in today's NBA. We don't know. Portland seems like they want talent that they can add to Damian Lillard. So if you're the Magic, you give them six and eleven, great. They can package those picks for a vet that maybe help. Um, but wouldn't that be better if they send the third pick to that team instead? So I have some questions as to how we can get in there unless we package players in the process to make that happen. But then again, who who can we trade to Portland, let's say, that will make them be interested in? like Because a winning player, Gary Harris, like we don't have vets that can really make an impact um, to make them better today. So I would love for that to be a case that we can jump up some way, somehow, maybe Charlotte, maybe. But with Portland, I'm just not seeing it right now. We don't have enough vets, enough difference makers that can help Lillard in that quest for a championship, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't I don't see us being able to provide enough. Uh, Damian no. Lillard wants wants to win and wants to win. Here, here's my thing about Portland and and Damon. I wouldn't try to say this without jumping off, you know, off topic. But it feels to me that nobody wants to be the bad guy. Damian Lillard doesn't want to be the one that says, I want you to trade me. And Portland Trailblazers do not want to be the ones that say, hey, we want to trade you. When we both know both sides want exactly that. There's no, I, I, it's just impossible for me to see, you know, Detroit make any moves that will give Portland a, a better team that they've had, you know, within Dame career that, he's had with the Portland Trailblazers. You're not going to be able to find another player out there that's going to be equivalent to CJ McCollum or the time frame that he had with the Marcus Aldridge. Like you you just I, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. I think that you know the that opportunity has has sailed. If I'm Portland right now what you can get for Dame would be insane. We we take a look at you know, what they were able to get for Donovan Mitchell, you would think that a, a player of Dame's caliber will be able to surpass that deal by by miles. This is the last shot, man, because Dame isn't getting younger. It's not like he's a he's a massive, you know, size player either. He has to rely a lot on his shooting ability and his, and his athleticism. So we'll see what ends up happening there. I don't I don't see us moving up um with Portland. Charlotte, I don't, I don't, I don't see it either. And I think that for those reasons, 
Um, you know, I, I don't I don't think the Magic end up making a move. I really don't. So the the follow up question that I would have is: so we can't move up, but then do you think the front office should explore at least taking some phone calls and say, hey, would you take six and eleven for X player? Meaning, let's not get younger because we already have a ton of young guys at this team. Should the front office embrace? shopping those picks and say hey we got this two amazing picks peck even the denver 25 if you want it and let's talk about adding a player that can make a difference in orlando today so apollo franz wendell markel can now have some help from a veteran standpoint a shooter a scorer so all the way it's not on the young guys should that be a conversation or are you okay with saying you know what no let's keep following this path that we're in let's keep building to the draft still too early in the process to kind of blow it up in a way. Let's keep going. What's your take on that? It's hard because when we say, you know, let's package these players for, you know, a, a vet, who are we talking about? Like who, who out there can you justify six and 11, knowing the draft that we have where there's solid players in this draft that can really make a difference. Who, who is out there that you can justify six 11 and player compensation to match. That's what I'm struggling with, to be honest. I can't think of a name that I would be like, I would do it for that guy. It, just because he, people keep saying always Bradley Beal, the Florida connections. And I just don't see it. He hasn't proven that he can be a winner with a pretty decent team in Washington. Why would that change in Orlando? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he would, maybe not. I don't know. But the money he's making, what he has shown me, he's a scorer. But in my mind, empty scorer, not a guy that can make a difference in the court. That's one. Cat, I don't want Cat in Orlando. I don't think he's the same thing. He's an empty stats kind of guy. He, he looks good in numbers. I don't see him making a difference with our team. So that's my issue. People keep talking about maybe package them, but I'm like, what do you get? The only crazy name out there would be a Dame situation where Portland embraces the rebuild. And you trade Dame to Orlando, you give him six, eleven, a bunch of picks extra and whatever to get a guy like Dame. That may be interesting, but he wants to go to a competitor, a team that can win today. Does he think that Paolo fronts him, Wendell, and Markel, whatever it may be, is a winning team? I don't know. But that that could be interesting. Outside of that, it's just Luca or Jalen Brown. But again, would that be enough to get that type of guy in Orlando? So I'm struggling with that. Detroit, Detroit wouldn't do that. Uh, excuse me. Dallas wouldn't do that. There, there's no way. Just from a market standpoint, selling tickets, it, you, you don't, you don't let a player like Luca go. You just don't. You don't. He's MVP caliber. Um, so I can't see that happening. Um, we, we've, we've talked about Anthony Edwards, but that's only if we won the number one pick. So that's out of the question now. Uh, you know, you, you, you talk about Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is so expensive, has had issues with injury before. That doesn't make sense. Um, you know, shout out to Mr. Jersey Worthy who who brought this to our attention, and I'm, and I'm sure that you're going to like this one. But, um, you know, he, he told us that he was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast, and Bill Simmons was talking about packaging the Magic 6 and 11 and a player like, I believe it was Gary Harris, to Houston for Jalen Green. And to me, like that doesn't make a whole lot of sense either. You know, you you look at you know, he's he's a player that has athleticism, can score, 
Um, but we really don't know what he is just yet, right? It's still too early for that. Six and 11, like, let's not sit here and act like we can't draft a, a high caliber player at six and 11. It's not like the best player in the draft every year is number one or number two. That's not the way things work. We take a look at, you know, Franz Wagner, and yep. we can make the case that he is the best player in his draft. If not, if you really want to debate it, minimum top three. Yep. And we got him late, later. So I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm against trading six and 11 just because I like, I like the players that are there. A part of me is kind of happy that we're at six and 11 just because six and 11 puts us right in the position to draft the players that I want to draft. And we talk about the needs for this team. Talk about the needs for rebounding, rim protection, shooting. We can address those needs now here. Like this month. And I think that when you took when you take a look at really building a team around Franz and Paolo, this is one of the ways that you do that. Your last two drafts, you drafted Franz and Paolo and Suggs. You haven't been able to build around them. You drafted them to build around the players that you've already had or best player available, right? But now it's the opportunity where you can draft around. That's part of the reason why I don't think that we're going to make those moves. I don't think we're going to trade. We're going to keep them because this is now the magic opportunity between the draft picks, free agency, and if they do decide to do any trades down the line, now is where you really start seeing, all right, Franz and Paolo, they're our core. Now let's let's see what we can do to bring guys around them to really help them you know, maximize their, their game. I think so too. I think unless something crazy develops during the draft, days leading up to it, that the Magic simply cannot say no to it. I think there's a big, big chance the Magic end up just drafting two rookies and running with it and trading the second round pick for a 2037 second round pick. It's going to happen. But the point of the story is I think they do like what they're building. They do like the flexibility of the contracts of two young guys over an overpaid Bradley Beal, let's say, at this particular moment. Um, but with that being said, so let's assume that we do move forward with the two picks. Give me your dream scenario today. We haven't researched the, the prospects that much. We're going to start doing that next week on the podcast. But as of today, number six, who will you go with number 11 in your dream scenario? So <clears throat> back and forth with number six. Because when we talk about fit, we talk about needs, we talk about best player available. And this is kind of where I started to to kind of change my mind a little bit of where I would go with six. I'm not fully sold on it, but I kind of convinced myself that, you know, maybe this is the only way. Um, and, you know, our, YouTube, our Magic HQ YouTuber, Brett James, um, he talked about this in his most recent episode. Um, that he just posted on YouTube. Make sure you check it out. You either keep her package. Um, but he stated that he would select Grady Dick, the sixth pick. And I thought to myself, I'm like, man, the sixth pick Grady Dick is extremely early compared to the projections that they have him. Right? They have him, 
you know, a lot later, anywhere from like 10 to 15 or 10 to 14. We'll, we'll keep him in the lottery. But he could potentially still be there at 11 if we didn't pick him at six. But here's my thing. If you bring Grady Dick in and you like him, he's a shooter. He addresses a need. He's athletic. He can he can help, uh, you know, in, in with our transitions. He can help in a lot of different ways. If you interview him, you like him, you think he's a fit, is it better to secure him at six than wait to see if he's available at 11? And this kind of reminds me of Tyler Hero, where originally he was projected to go late in the first round. I think he was projected to go about 24. I think Bleacher Report had him 24th, his projection. And he was a player that really wanted the Magic to, to draft because he was a shooter. We suck at shooting, right? Simple math. Terrible shooting, get a shooter. And he was an elite shooter. And the Miami Heat ended up taking him 13th. And when that happened, I'm like, what? Why did the Miami Heat pick him so early? Why not draft back? He would have been available. And as you can obviously see, you know, that's that's really panned out and it's it's worked for them. That's why it's it's also important that at six and eleven, I think you can you can kind of take those type of risks, right? Um, you know, for example, if you don't, if you're the if you're the Charlotte Hornets, right? You're going back and forth between Brandon Miller and and Scoot Henderson, but if you don't get one of those players, you're gonna get eaten up alive by the fan base. You're kind of expected to draft. Everyone's expecting the national media, the fan base. Everyone, we kind of know that those are the players that are going to go there. But at six and eleven, you can kind of you can take those type of risks and really get the guy that you fall in love with that that you can take a risk on, you can take a flyer on. And I don't know, man. I would consider taking Grady at six, but part of me still feels like we can kind of hold off, and he might be available at eleven. So I say all that to say this: I like Taylor Hendricks. I like him a lot. I think he addresses a lot of our needs. Rim protector, can shoot. He's athletic. He's a little undersized, you know, in terms of a big man, but you know, he's someone that you can play at the three, four, and five. You can he can play the the small, uh, the small five. And he's someone that can help from a, a, an athleticism standpoint to really work well with Paolo and and Franz. Um, I think that he's he's somebody that can really, really take us to a different level from that aspect. And if you can somehow pull him and then pull um, Grady at 11, I think that that is an amazing outcome. That's an amazing run. outcome. It's a home run, 100%. Um, 6 and 11 for you. What are you thinking? So I, it's funny because I feel very similar to how you're feeling. And that is that I've been wanting, if you've been watching this podcast for the last three, four years we've been doing this, number one, thank you for that. But number two, I'm always a, a, a guy that, in, that likes wings. I like wings that either one thing or the other, either can shoot it well, or number two, are athletic and can dunk it really well. That's just my thing. I, I'm a sucker for those things. Well, guess what? Gritty Dick is a mix of both of those things. They can shoot it. They can also... Dunk it pretty well. But most importantly, to your point, he fits a need today that we've had for years, and that is shooting the ball. 
I love what you said about the Heat and Hero. That's a, a really good example. He may be there at 11, but if he comes to Orlando, you like the personality, you like who he is, you like his background. He puts on a show shooting the ball during the workout that he does with us. I would be perfectly fine saying draft him at six if he really is that guy that you thought he was going to be. So I'm okay with Dick at six, to be honest with you. I know people might disagree with me in the comments. Please, please disagree with us because I know we're both saying that we'll be okay with it. Um, but if if he is that guy, take him. At 11, in that case then, I would take a big guy. Whoever the next best big guy available would be, go with that person at 11. If that means a Taylor Hendricks drops, draft him. If that means that is a guy like Jairus Wallace, uh, Walker from Houston, take him. Whoever that may be. Or you can go the whole just shooting and scoring route. Take Dick at six, and then you take a shooter or another scorer at 11. And you can either keep that pick, trade it, whatever it may be. But to your point, if we can end up drafting a guy like Hendricks and Dick, or I'll take it one step further. One of the Thompson brothers, either one, and Grady Dick. Or even a guy like Cam Whitmore and Grady Dick. Like That would be a perfect scenario to me, either one of those would work really well for the Magic, fits a need. It's It would be a home run to us. Any of those scenarios that I just described right now. But the main takeaway is, with number six, get a guy that you like, get a guy that you think will play right away next season that would help the team win. And if you ask me that right now, as of this moment, it's either Hendricks or Dick, in my opinion, one of the two of them would fit in right away in this team. I don't, I'm not, I agree with you 100%. I think, I think that, it, what's what's going to come down to, and, and here here's the thing to remember, these interviews that they do is so important. They're already meeting with some of the players now at the draft combine. Huge, because from my understanding, there's not there's not really a limit of how many players that they can meet with at the combine. And afterwards, that's where it does become a limit. Um, so they, they've already met with or plan on meeting with Brandon Miller, um, Asar Thompson, Eamon Thompson, Howard. Um, and you know, this is where they're going to get a chance to get a feel for the type of individual that they are. Remember that this is really important for the Orlando magic. They're, they're a high character organization where that's what they look in as part of their prospect and the interview weighs heavily for them. So I, I really do think that all of this is going to come down to how they perform. Um, obviously in the combine, how they perform during their workouts, but the interview is going to be a big part of it. Um, and you know, the ringer has already came out. And they did this within a quickness. I'm talking about the minute that the lottery came out, I think within, you know, less than an hour, you know, Kevin O'Connor already had his his uh, mock draft, um, which I think is is pretty dope. But also kind of, you know, I wish he would have spent a little more time on it, but we're, we're going to go through it real quick. So obviously, number one, we already know San Antonio Spurs. Um, they're going to draft Victor Wimbanyama. That's that's kind of already set in stone. Coming at number two, he has Brandon Miller from Alabama going to the Charlotte Hornets. Now, again, the reports are that he's not interviewing well. He's out of shape. So who knows if the, Horn the Hornets might go a different route. All right, so coming in at number three, you got the Portland Trailblazers. It's no surprise. We know that two and three is going to land between Brandon and Scoo. It's just really depending on where exactly the preference is uh, for these teams. They, they've already stated that the NBA draft will start at two. We know that. That's obvious. But Scoo Henderson falls two three to Portland. 
Um, and this is this is what's interesting because does Dan again we spoke about this? Does Damian Lillard want to play with the player like Scoot? Um, Scoot has already mentioned that he feels like he would be a great you know addition with Damian Lillard. So he's he's expecting to go three, hoping he goes to Portland unless they make a trade. I think what's awesome about um you know Scoot Henderson, even on the ringer, they have him listed when they when they talk about his greatest attributes, they have him as a human highlight. They have him that he has a great feel for the game, his athleticism. But they also have it that and he's got that dog in him, which I think is kind of dope. I, I think this time around when they when they come out with um the mock draft, I, I think they kind of went a little little outside of of the the typical range of their description on players. Um coming in at number four, you got the Thompson, uh one of the Thompson twins. You got the Houston Rockets going for Eamon Thompson, who has said to be the better Thompson's win uh, between him and uh, Asar. Um, apparently, they're saying that he has a better shot. I haven't done too much research on the Thompson twins, but you know he's a he's a bigger elite. He's a bigger uh, wing, six foot seven, weighs two hundred pounds. Um, and you know with Houston, when you take a look at the team that they have now, they got a lot of young pieces. And it's kind of weird, man, because you see them adding another young piece to their team, and you would think on paper that they have a one of the best young teams in the NBA, and that's not necessarily the case. Houston got a lot of question marks, man. There's been reports about James Harden wanting to go back to Houston. What the hell would that dynamic makes be? Makes no sense. Yeah, it, insane. Extremely young team. You add James Harden. Um, now they got the new head coach um, from Boston. I can't think of his name right now, but you know they got a whole lot going on in Houston that I don't. I don't know, man. It's a little. It's a little messy over there. I'm not sure if you saw the video of. Um, you know when when they were when they were when Victor Wembanyama was, was watching. The oh lottery. yeah, 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 and and saw that Houston, you know, kind of already fell early, and he was excited that he wasn't going to Houston. <laughs> you know, he did one of those uh, <laughs> smiles and fist pumps. Um, Houston's a mess, man, and I don't I don't blame him. Paulo lucked out, he lucked out that yes. he went to us and not um, not Houston. All right, number five, you got the Detroit Pistons drafting cam whitmore this to me was a little surprising just because in a lot of the a lot of the national media big boards they have um cam whitmore falling a little bit they have mm-hmm. him like the seven to eight nine range um and you got him going five so he's another player that um and what, what's cool what's cool about cam whitmore is his description on the ringer is Shades of a semi truck with a Ferrari's accelerator. <laughs> Normally, we get like shades of this player and that player, or more athletic athletic version of of this other player. Nah, man, they they decided to describe him as semi truck with a Ferrari's accelerator. Um, positional versatility, athleticism. They also list him as him having um, the dog in him, which again, interesting description. All right. <laughs> Number six, the Orlando Magic. Reveal. The reveal. So the ringer has the Orlando Magic selecting selecting the second Thompson twin in Asara Thompson. Um, one of the biggest you know talks or debates when it comes to uh the Thompson twins is the fact that they didn't play in college. Uh they didn't play in you know the the G League for the G League Ignite. They played in overtime elite, and some of the biggest you know, the the drawbacks are the level of competition isn't the same. They really don't know, you know, how they would size up against these other 
you know, elite type players. And that's what that's kind of my concern as well, because I, I would love to have seen, you know, what they're able to do with the same caliber of of, you know, elite competition. We didn't get a chance to see that. So the workouts are going to be important. The interview is going to be important. Um, it says here that the Orlando Magic with rookie of the year, Paolo Bencaro, and a host of other long, versatile players like Franz on the roster. The Magic should think about Thompson because of his ability to be switchable piece on defense. Markel Fultz already displays a formula for success. And Thompson similarly has even greater upside thanks to his size, complementary playmaking, and defense. So they got the Magic selecting six. I honestly wouldn't be mad at this. Um, if the Magic did decide to go completely against our well wishes, which they normally have done the last 10 years, um, <laughs> I can see this kind of happening. But how would you feel with the Magic drafting a start? I mean, all along, we, we kept hearing this draft as, you know, Wemby, of course. But after that, it was always Scoot and the Thompson brothers. That, that was what this draft was known for. So the fact that we could get this kid at number six, if, again, the workouts go his way, the Magic like him, I would or hardly just trust the front office and say, hey, they, they saw him, they interviewed him, they liked what they saw, they picked him, they must have seen something that we are going to enjoy as, as a fan base. So I'll be perfectly fine with this, to be honest with you, just because he's not the greatest shooter when he's shooting, as we talked about earlier. But again, if they saw enough in him to draft him at six, I'll be okay with that. Yep. This, uh, this is another uh, another player with athleticism. He's real bouncy. He's a two-way player. The ringer has him listed as a player with shades of Sean Livingston with elite athleticism. So there's that. All right. Yeah. Number seven. Number seven, um, you got Indiana selecting Taylor Hendricks. This is a player that we wanted to see. The Orlando Magic draft. Again, because he he's able to provide the shooting that we need, the rim protection that we need, the athleticism that we need. There's a lot of things that this guy has that we need. And this is a player that I really, really want us to take a really good look at. The fact that he's already played in Orlando for some time with UCF is is a big deal as well. So I, I like that connection. Um, number eight, you got Anthony Black from Arkansas. Um, bigger guard, six foot six, wingspan about six foot eight. Um, I really don't know a whole lot about Anthony Black. This is a name that I keep seeing. Big, big player. Um, you got his uh the ringers uh shades of Lonzo Ball is their description. So there's that. Interesting. Number nine. Kason Wallace for number nine. You got a six foot two combo guard who is listed as having shades of Drew Holiday and DeAnthony Melton. He's a, he's a hustle type player that you know can catch and shoot, so he has a good jump shot as well. All right, number ten, Jarris Walker. This is your guy. Talk to me about Jarris Walker. Listen, man, rebounder plays like a big man. Again, if if for some reason Taylor Hendricks is not there for us, this would be a perfect a perfect pickup for me at eleven, though, not at six. So, again, say you go dick, you go with a shooter at six, and you say, hey, we need a rebounder, a guy that can help us down low a little bit. This will be my pick, if you ask me. I think this he's probably the second best big man in this draft. Thinking about the fact that, really, Hendricks is there, Wemby, and Walker. So, actually, number three, it will be my, my prediction for him as, as the best big man in this draft. So, if you can get him at 11, that will be a great uh, get for the Magic. 
Yeah, that's only if Grady Dick was taken. And as we move forward to the next one, drafting at number 11, the Orlando Magic selects Grady Dick, according to Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer, which, again, hmm. makes sense, man. We need shooting. They, they, and it's crazy because in this article, they say with the shooting ability, Dick provides something the Magic don't have. The team is ranked 27th in three point shooting attempts, 24th in three point percentage this season. And after drafting a player like Asar Thompson that we know has opportunity around shooting, it may, it makes, it makes sense, man. This is kind of the reason why I'm hoping that the combo that we go with is Grady Dick and Taylor Hendricks because they both provide that level of shooting that we desperately need. This has to be something that ends up changing. And I think that from the small glimpse that we've seen towards the end of the season with Markel Fultz, we've seen some improvement from, you know, Franz Wagner with his shooting ability. And I, and I think that, you know, Paolo Bencaro during the offseason, these are things that I know for sure that they're going to have that as a focus. If they can come back into the season with an improved shooting from behind the three-point line, and on top of that, you're adding two high-level elite shooters from the three-point line, you know, it's, it's going to change the narrative of the weakness of what people see within, you know, the Orlando Magic. But, man, 6-11, and 11, um, that's where we're at, man. There's a lot of great opportunity there. The most important thing that we need to remember is the fact that we know that this team is going to improve. You got a sophomore Paulo Bancaro. You have a more polished Markel Fultz, a more polished Franz Wagner, a hungry Wendell Carter Jr. You got so many different things to be excited about. And the fact that you're adding two additional young pieces to that or, or the possibility of adding two young pieces to that, depending on what the Magic end up doing. Um, it's really, really exciting to watch. The real question is, do you want to add two more young players to the team or do you look to see if you're able to improve the roster in some other capacity? Jeff Weltman was interviewed after the lottery and in the consensus that we kind of felt from what he said because he talks a lot but really doesn't say a lot. <laughs> um, but it felt like you know he's excited to go through the process. He's excited to bring all these players in. He... he talked about how it's even more work because now they have two players that they really, really have to lock down on and see who, you know, who it is that they like in those positions. But it sounded like more than likely he's going to end up picking, um, keeping the two picks. So a lot of things to, to really look into a lot of options. And uh, it's only, it's only a matter of time before we end up finding out what are your final thoughts on six eleven? Anything that you want to say? I mean, I was going to ask you, if that was the final outcome, come draft day, we got Asar Thompson, Grady Dick at 11, what would you rate that draft? A, B, C, how you want to rank it, 110? What would you rank, rank that draft if that was the final outcome for us? Uh, I, I'd rank it I'd rank it a B, like a B plus. B? Yeah, B plus. Just because I, I do feel like we need to be able to get a big man in there. Um, I would really like Taylor Hendricks. Um I, I, it's really the only combination that I can, if I, if I see, if we draft Taylor Hendricks and Grady Dick, the two players I obviously really, really want us not getting into the top three pick. I feel like that would be the closest thing that we could get to where I would have that same level of excitement. Um, but even if we don't, there's still a lot of great players in this draft and I'm not, I'm not really worried. I, I have trust in the front office. Um, you know, you, you take a look at what they've been able to do with the last two picks 
Like mm-hmm. Paulo Bancaro wasn't a guarantee. You know, you had a lot of people, you know, telling us that we should draft Jabari, 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 Jabari. Chet Holmgren was this player that was manufactured in a facility made specifically for the Orlando Magic and what the Orlando Magic front office looks for. And they went after Paulo Bancaro. You know, that's that that was that was a A plus draft. Franz Wagner, A plus draft. Jalen Suggs, even though he hasn't reached the 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 pinnacle of what we believe he can be still a solid defender that we believe that one point in time in his career we're going to see him all defensive like the magic have done a great job with drafting um thus far and i think that you know we're we're going to continue that trend so whoever it is that they draft even if it's not the players that i want you know i i i've gained that faith in them and knowing that one they know more than we do right Two that they they do their due diligence and and they know exactly you know that that's the the picks that they will make will be the right fit for this team. I just really hope it's my players. Final question: If you get Taylor Hendricks at six, but you get a different shooter at eleven, is that equally as good as drafting Hendricks and Dick, or will you still be like, man, I wish I could have gotten those two guys? Oh yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna be like, man, why? How do we miss out on Grady? Like how? Yeah. How? Why? Why? Um. I would be more disappointed if Grady was available and we went a different route than yeah. us taking the risk. Cause I would I, I don't believe Taylor Hendricks will will make it past eleven, make it to eleven. I don't no, I, don't I don't think, think so. so. So if you if you want him, it has to be at six. You have to take that risk with Grady. Um if another team drafts Grady and he's just not available, then you know it is what it is. There's nothing yeah. that we can do. Um but if we pass on him for someone else. Grady Dick would be a player that I would I would follow and kind of say, damn, that that could have been could have been us. He'll be your uh Jalen Green, huh? <laughs> I don't I don't know your obsession with Jalen Green is it's bad. He can score, bro. He can score. That's all I yeah, want. Imagine Jalen Green this team right now with Paolo and Franz and the rest of the gang. Just yeah, he, scoring, he, man. Can, he can he can score and he also paints his nails. And yeah. um, on that note, <laughs> it's it's a wrap, man. We'll see what ends up happening. NBA draft is on June 22nd. Starter free agency is on June 30th. Um, and as things now kind of slow down with the lottery, we only got a couple weeks of a break as things will then start to pick up. So a lot of the questions that we have, we'll finally get the answers to. Um, on that note, appreciate you guys for listening. It's a wrap. We'll catch you guys on the next one. For all the latest magic news and updates, visit OrlandoMagicHQ.com and follow us on Instagram at OrlandoMagicHQ and on Twitter at OMagicHQ. Also, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and subscribe and leave a five-star review on your favorite listening platform.